Good morning. We are beginning a new series over the next few months, looking at the um, subject of healing, and a number of people will take us through different stories and encounters with Jesus in the Gospels, looking at different healings. And we're going to look at Jesus' interactions with people there, uh, interactions back, what are the outcome, what happens, what is God saying to us potentially in the story. Um, I'm not going to do that today. Um, what I would like to say from the start is uh, we are not seeking healing. We need to seek Jesus. And he is our absolute focus through all this. And so we need to keep our eyes fixed on him. And yet I'm going to speak about healing this morning. So that's just a, a, a brief intro into our series. This morning I may say some things that will challenge some of your theology. I think that's okay. I will say some things that will challenge my own theology. My prayer as I have been considering this for quite a while and my belief is that some things that will be said will kick some things off in your own heart that means what I believe is God is going to speak to you and then you and I have a responsibility whether we hear that and do anything about it or just hear it so there will be an opportunity for you to respond this morning uh, right at the end if my wife can keep me on time. I would really like for us to be able to respond. So maybe different things. Um, and my belief is God has already been speaking to people. And then we have an opportunity. Um, Jesus gave the story of, of um, the, the two houses, one built on the sand and one on the rock. Those who hear build on rock. Those who hear and do nothing... You're building on sand. James says a similar thing. In James chapter 1, we read, Not Don't only be hearers of the word, but doers too. So some key scriptures for us. We could pick loads, but I'm, just, I'm picking three. This is God speaking to... If you diligently hear, heed the voice of God or the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight. Give ear to his commandments. Keep all of his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on which I brought on the Egyptians, on you which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. One of God's promises to Israel is that they would not have diseases and sickness amongst them if they obeyed and followed him. I remember reading about not, them not having miscarriages as well or anything like that. And I thought, wow, I don't, I don't want that for, for me and my family. If that's a promise in the Bible, I think that's quite an amazing promise that God gives to the Israelites. It has some conditions with it, as you can read for yourself. Psalm 103, about Jesus, who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all your diseases. I think that's really challenging. Heals all your diseases. 
And then this one in 3 John, probably my most favorite verse when it comes to health and healing. Beloved, I pray you may prosper in all things, be in health, just as your soul prospers. I could have put, uh, by stripes you are healed, or other verses as well that maybe are your favorites. For me, these have been some key scriptures in, in my life, just thinking about the whole subject of healing. And I believe that God wants us to live in health, disease-free. That's what he wanted for the Israelites. I think he wants that for all of us. I think his purpose is that we're to be free from sickness and disease, allergies, mental health issues, emotional issues, and and I understand some of that from my own personal journey. Here are some of the promises for us from Jesus. Matthew 10, 7 and 8, and as you go preaching, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. So we're to give those things, but we're also to receive those things. In fact, there's a presumption that we have received those things. We've received healing. And then in Mark, and these signs will follow those who believe. All right? They, they follow us. They naturally just happen. In my name, you'll cast out demons. You'll speak in new tongues. You'll take up serpents. If you drink anything deadly, it'll no means hurt you. You lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Hebrews 6, I think it is, talks about the foundational doctrines and one of them is laying hands on the sick or the doctrine of laying on of hands. Seems a crazy simple thing, doesn't it? But we're to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Part of our struggle with this is we don't, We've not always seen this happen. And so our practice and our reality don't match up. And I think sometimes then we create theologies to back up what doesn't happen rather than what the Bible says. I want to talk about some of those a little bit later. It's challenging, isn't it, when we, we look at those scriptures and we say we really believe the Bible, and yet, and we're a charismatic church that believes in the gifts of the Spirit, and deep down we all want to see more of it. That's our heart. We believe this Bible. We believe it's absolutely true. And I'm 50 years old, and I haven't seen very much healing. I have seen some. When I was in YWAM, Rodney and Sonia and, and led our school, we went to Spain, there was a team that went, we split up into different areas. Some, one saw a, a, a lad who was blind in one eye get healed. He'd fallen down the stairs as a young lad and put a fork through his eye. And he got healed. So our team in Spain saw somebody healed. On our school, I saw people, we had... They did an amazing job bringing people from different ministries. We, we sat under Ian Andrews, Campbell McAlpine, Marriott Lowe on intercession. We, we sat on some incredible people, saw some incredible healings. 
on our school. So I know God heals. I've seen people healed. And um, just not all of them all of the time. So um, I don't know whether you know the, the first healing in the Bible is in Genesis 20. The first healing, if you remember, Abraham on his travels came across Abimelech and decided to say that his wife was his sister because for some crazy reason. Anyway, Abimelech starts flirting with Sarah. God gets cross about that, gives Abimelech a dream, says, don't touch this woman. She's Abraham's wife. He goes, what? Good job I haven't done that. And um, they have this little confrontation. Afterwards, Abraham prays to God, and the women now can start having children again. That is, makes the assumption that they weren't able, while this situation was going on, to conceive and have children. So Abraham prays, and they now can have children. Interestingly, isn't it? It's Abraham's wife, Sarah, can't have a child. And God heals her of that. Then in chapter 25, actually, we read of Isaac. Isaac prays because his wife, Rebecca, can't have children. And then we read again in Genesis 30, I believe, that um, Jacob's wives can't have children. In fact, Leah play, prays for more children. And, and Rachel is... It says, I think, verse 17, something like, God hearkens, hears the cry of Rachel, and they can have children. I just found that really interesting, that the first miracle, the first healing, was the ability to have children. God's words were to Adam and Eve, go forth and multiply. The first challenge the first miracle, the first healing. And I was thinking about how many amongst us weren't able to have children, but could have children after people prayed for them. Are there a number amongst us who, who where that's true? Yeah, the Farringtons, the Jelfs, others. I think there are others too. When Jesus came, Mary goes off to see Elizabeth. Well, Elizabeth couldn't have children. And God intervened and John the Baptist came. And it kind of it said to me, wow. It's almost like the first healing. Then Jesus came and there was more. And we've seen amongst us as a church miracles like that. We were chatting at, um, at the Jelfs the other day. And I was chatting with Dave and Viv Crow. Mark and Helen Gallagher came to see us once when they were back. They were trying to have children and couldn't. And they, we sat in our kitchen, and they said, well, you pray for us. So we laid hands on them, prayed for them. They, they now got four. I think that's great. So that, that was the first healing. My belief is that God wants to make us whole. He's in wholeness. And I really liked the message translation on this verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, may the God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole. 
put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he, if he said it, he'll do it. God wants us to be whole and healthy, not just our body, our mind, and our spirit. My, I understand what my body is. My mind I see as my emotions, uh, my, my mental health, my will. Um, and I, I think we can be damaged in those areas. I know for us, when we went to uh, a place to help us with some struggles internally, I think the guy gave me an, a really good diagnosis. He said, what's happened to you, Simeon, is that you haven't had a 10-ton truck drive over your body, but it's like that's what's happened inside to you. Everybody would see if you'd had two broken legs and went in ITU. Said, but that's not happened to you physically, but emotionally that's happened to you. And I just went, oh, yeah, I can see that. And it really helped me understand that we can be beaten up on the inside or driven over on the inside and be really damaged and wounded. And, and we'll need healing for those things as well. And we sometimes need healing. Our spirits need healed because we need an encounter with Jesus. And we need to be full of his, his spirit. So I want to just say that that's what I see or hope for us. And as I began to pray this, pray for us, I was out for a run one day and I was praying about this morning and I felt God dropped these two words into my head, prophetic imagination. Now, years ago, I read, read a book by Walter Brueggemann called Prophetic Imagination. And I began to ask the Lord, what, what, do you, what are you talking to me about here? And the passage of Ezekiel 37 came to me. And in this passage, it's a representation of Israel and of dry bones. So you can imagine there, I know it's a cartoon picture, but a valley of dry bones. And he gets asked a question, Ezekiel. Can these bones live? What do you see? And he saw a valley of dry bones. And then God says to him, Prophesy to the bones. You can read it there. Those verses are up there. Prophesy, speak to them. And then he sees these bones starting to join together, the sinews coming and flesh starting to come on the bones. And he begins, you know, so there I am thinking, he's got to imagine this. He's got to see this in his heart, in his mind, to picture what's going on. And then he has to prophesy breath into them again. And he has to imagine this wind coming. And that's what he does. And that's the picture. And I was thinking about our own lives with God. And having grandchildren, they live in such an imaginary world. They make everything. And I was thinking, boy, we lose a bit of that as we get older. In fact, people think we're mad if we start have an imaginary friend whereas it's great for kids 
<laughs> you know, I think they think Jesus is my imaginary friend at work. But, um, <laughs> but I began to think about us needing to imagine and prophetically imagine what healing looks like. To use our minds that God has given us, our imagination, to start to see. So we've got a valley of no healing. What does a valley of healing look like? Wow, now you're getting weird, Simeon. I am possibly getting weird to you. But this is how sin starts. Sin starts, if you read in James, chapter 1, verse 12. Read, sin starts with a desire that is conceived in the mind that grows, and it says it gives birth to it. The devil just copies what Jesus does and God does. <laughs> That's how sin starts. The good things of God start the same way. Because he established the principle. We have to dream. We have to imagine what it looks like. And it can get settled in our hearts and our minds. And so that we can then see healing come into fruition. You might say to me, stop going on those runs. But I think that's a, it's really important for us to begin to imagine again. Use our godly imaginations. So look. So Ezekiel has to imagine and speak. Um, you might not be able to see them. Matthew 18. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. It's an incredible power, Jesus says, we suddenly have. Again, I say to you, where two of you agree on earth concerning anything, they will ask for it to be done, and my Father in heaven will do it. Proverbs, death and life are in the power of the tongue. For assuredly, is that Mark 11? Yeah, I say to you, Whoever says into that mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt but believe that these things will be done, he will have whatever he says. John 20, 23. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. We have incredible power in our tongue. Think about it negatively then if you don't believe the positive how many of you were affected by negative words spoken over you as a child? Oh, yeah. That was many of us. Things spoken by parents, grandparents, teachers. Think the other way, what we speak and can create if we speak positive things. Can we really create? Yeah, that's how the world started. Let there be light. So when the Spirit of God is hovering, Jesus did it loads, didn't he? Be healed. Get up and walk. Stretch out your hand. I think our imagination and what we speak out, look, we can speak really negative things. We can become really cynical. And our conversation can put a real dampener and maybe some problems anyway I'm going to move on swiftly beloved I love this verse I think God wants us to live in health so that's what I want for this year is health that's one of the things I'm praying for 
is health. I don't want those. Here's some, here's some barriers for healing. I'm going to be quick. But I think they're important. Unbelief. Jesus couldn't do much in his own hometown because of unbelief, apart from a few miracles, it said. So our, our it, says, it says that he couldn't do much. But other places, it says everyone that came to his door, everywhere, everyone he prayed for, everyone that came to him who was sick, he healed completely. But he could only do a few in one place because of the atmosphere of that place, the unbelief. What if we have some unbelief? What if we are talking negatively? That's why I love the negativity fast. Is that really a healing? Mm. Ooh. Yep, yep, I'm about 50% better. You've been in those meetings. 50% and you can sit there going, yeah. It's easy, done. Rather than going, wow, that's brilliant. I really trust that that person's being honest. And that's amazing that they're 50% better. Our, we create an atmosphere together. If we're in agreement, if we're not in agreement, we create a hometown atmosphere for Jesus. Sin. I think sin blocks healing. One of my favorite books called The Real Faith by Charles Price. A brilliant read if you want to read on faith. It's absolutely brilliant. He tells of a story of a woman who came, and he had two women at sea, both the same illness. It was same. He said that it was an atmosphere of faith. One gets healed, the one doesn't, and he can't understand it. Then he discovers she's a practicing witch. He goes, praise God I didn't heal her. Praise God it wasn't down to me, because she would have walked out that meeting going, great, I'm healed. I can still carry on doing the things I'm doing. Sin is a barrier. Sometimes we don't know what's going on in people's lives. Sometimes we're praying for healing. We've got to be a bit more careful, I think, in discerning what's going on. That's why I love Sozo, because I mean, people are getting healed after having something dealt with relationally in the past with a parent or a sibling or whatever, and it heals a physical sickness. James says, confess yourself, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another, you'll be healed. And I wonder if there's more of that that's going on. God doesn't want us, he wants us to be whole, that passage in Thessalonians said, wants us to completely be whole and holy. Doesn't want us to continue in the sins that we sometimes continue in and then they grow great. Oh, heal. Now, this is a principle, all right? Sometimes God's grace steps in and he does it anyway, doesn't he? Because then, because you could be thinking, well, what about the people on the streets and stuff like that? And because we don't know what sin's going on in their lives and, and whatever. I'm, I'm just talking in principle rather than an absolute truth. I think we've created our own theologies. Some people who are sick are very will say something like, oh, well, God's given me this to teach me. And um, we've all got to suffer for the kingdom, and God's given me this to, because I can identify with Jesus and his suffering, and it's there to teach me. I, I think that's absolute tosh, honestly. Am I saying that God doesn't teach us things when we're sick? No, I'm not. 
I just don't believe God gives you sickness and suffering. I don't believe that's what he does. Does it mean that you won't get it? No, it doesn't. And we're, we're taught, aren't we, how if those things come, how we're to still rejoice. Because they will come if we're lovers of Jesus. Persecution and suffering. So I think we've got to be careful what theologies we create. I think they become a, we, cre- we, we use them as a barrier to seeing freedom and healing in our community, in this nation. That's why I think. I think fear, uh, whether you class it as sin, is a, is a major problem. I think that's why we're seeing the growth in um, mental health issues allergies um, they just seem to be growing and often you deal with the root of fear those things disappear that's what they're finding in the sozo stuff so I, I've finished I want to I know that was a brief run through an overview I'm not sure I've hit everything that I wanted to but I want to give us an opportunity um, to respond if there is anything that has kind of grabbed your heart and you go, do you know, for, for instance, you know, that first healing, I want to pray and stand for somebody that I know needs or would like children. I want to get rid of allergies. I realize that I want to be healthy. So I want to invite Tom up and we're going to sing together. Um, and let's be hearers of what God says and doers and responders rather than not. Let's pray. Let, let's maybe stand together. And um, I'm just going to pray and then Tom's going to sing. We're going to sing together. So Holy Spirit, we know you're at work in our lives. And thank you that your first job is just to point us to Jesus. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. I pray that you give us hearts to, and eyes to imagine what it is to see absolute breakthrough in this area where we can see healings, where we can see and imagine a new stomach for Pam, where we can stand together and see sea completely delivered where we can see all those who struggle with mental illness completely set free and clear. We know, God, it's not a pipe dream because we see it in your word. We see that it's your desire, it's your heart. Will you help us together to dream for the impossible, knowing that all things are possible through you. Amen.